All right, brethren, at this time we'll have our second message for the day uh, entitled Idolatry by Lawrence Gregory. Good afternoon, everyone. One of the rules of uh, speech is to never talk to someone that isn't there. But the message today includes those who are absent, as well as those of us who are here in attendance today. Now, I have some Old Testament and New Testament scripture references that I want to look at for those of us who are absent people in the world who don't pay much attention, but uh, this refers to them, as well as to all of us who are believers in Christ. John, the last of the apostles, writing before the turn of the century, so expressive of the love, truth, and light that was in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, wrote in Revelation 1 through 3, that are filled with his concern for the intrusion of the false antichrist teaching that was coming into the church. His warning comment is found in 1 Corinthians, or rather 1 John 5, 21. I'd like to read that. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Now, what is an idol? Well, we understand the obvious. An idol is anything that represents God to us. But there are more subtle ways that identify what's creeping into our religion and relationship with God. It's a symbol of something that represents or replaces God. Or an idea that later becomes God to us. And that can include a lot of things. Now we'll see more about this a little later and identify this a little closer. But uh, I want to read from Exodus, the 20th chapter, concerning the Ten Commandments. And we had a little bit of this in the first message. So uh, some of it will be uh, reviewed to us. But uh, in Exodus, the 20th chapter, a few verses. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make unto you any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down yourself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that love me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love and keep my commandments. Now, these uh, Ten Commandments were written down and given and spoken to the Israel nations. But they're also included in those commandments for all mankind. And so those that are absent, those that aren't here today, 
who may tune in or may not, it still applies to them. Everyone in the world is required to keep God's Ten Commandments. And uh, we see that instruction that he's given us in these uh, days that if uh, we don't keep those commandments, there's a warning from God to us. And this is found in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. If we'll read Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So there's one God. I know there are many different religions in the world that uh, present many different ideas of God and who he is and how to worship him, how to have a relationship. But God tells us there's just one God, one Lord, and you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And uh, verse, I'm going to skip a few verses down to verse 12. Then beware, lest you forget the Lord which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And many of our family and friends and uh, American people and uh, other nations of this earth and the whole world have forgotten God's dealings and forgotten his word and don't pay any attention to it anymore but there's a warning for us to not commit idolatry in verse 14 you shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you for the Lord your God is a jealous God among you lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Mizpah. And there's more. I know it's difficult sometimes to just pull out a few verses and read and leave a lot of the other verses in the chapter hanging, but uh, we can study or we can look at those or we can think about them in their relationship to what we're sharing today. But I want us to go on now to, uh, in, in Deuteronomy to the eighth chapter. And uh, read a couple of verses there. Chapter 8, verse 19 and, tw 19 and 20. And it shall be, if you do at all forget the Lord your God, and walk after other gods, and serve them and worship them, I testify unto you this day that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, so shall you perish because you would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. So here's a warning not to forget God, lest we be punished. Now, we know the history of Judah and its uh, punishment in the 6th century. We know the history of Israel a hundred plus years later when it was taken into captivity and when it, those northern ten tribes of Israel were punished. And we can see that the world today, except for a few people, except for a very few ones who have forgotten God, who have forgotten his commandments, and especially our Israel and uh, Jewish nation 
today are, are, are going to be disciplined, punished because of their sins. And we'll read this in Jeremiah, the 16th chapter. Jeremiah 16, verse 10 through 13. And it shall come to pass, when you shall show the people all these words, and they shall say unto you, Wherefore has the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? And what is our iniquity, or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then shall you say unto them, Because your fathers have forsaken me, says the Lord, and have walked after other gods, and have served them, and have worshipped them, and have forsaken me, and have not kept my law, and you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, you walk every one after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. Therefore will I cast you out of this land into a land that you know not, neither you nor your fathers, and thence shall you serve other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. So we see that uh, both Israel and Judah was promised that if they blessed God, they would be, if they uh, obeyed God's commandments and kept his uh, word and listened to his instructions, they would be blessed. But if they didn't, they would be disciplined or punished. And so their fathers did that, and our fathers have done that, and we have them for an example, but uh, most of our peoples haven't paid any attention to the course of history and think we're absolved from obedience to God and his commandments today. So I'm speaking to those people of our nation and of uh, the nations of this world, as well as to church folks. Have we forgotten God? Have we forgotten his commandments? Now, in Isaiah, back up a little bit, uh, about a hundred and some years later, now, Jeremiah talked in the 6th century, and Isaiah was about uh, uh, prophesying uh, about uh, Israel's captivity coming about a hundred and some years later. Now, uh, I want to read verse 6 through 20 from Isaiah 40. And this is quite a, quite a lot of verses here, but uh, you can follow along in your Bible or read on the board. And uh, he says in verse 5, I am the Lord God, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, and now that we can explain that uh, some other time. I, the Lord, do all these things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies your down righteousness. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation. And let righteousness 
spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe unto the him that striveth with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, What makest thou? Or your work is uh, he hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, What begettest thou? Or to the woman, What have you brought forth? Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his maker, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands command you me. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their host have I commissioned. I know this is a lot of reading here, but continue on. I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city, and he shall let go my captives, not for price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord, the labor of Egypt and merchandise of Ethiopia and the Sabaeans, men of stature, shall come over unto you, and they shall be yours, and they shall come after you. In chains they shall come over, and they shall fall down unto thee. They shall make supplication unto you, saying, Surely God is in you, and there is none else. There is no God. Verily you are a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. They shall be ashamed and shall be confounded. All of them. They shall go to confusion together that are makers of idols. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You shall not be ashamed nor confounded world without end. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. And the Lord, and there is none else. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations, that have no knowledge, that set up wood in their graven image, and pray unto a God that cannot save. And we have more going on to say that uh, God has told us that those who make an idol, that he calls it a lie. That idol is a lie. There's more verses uh, in this chapter here. But we'll just leave that at that. And uh, go to Psalm 115, verse 1 through 8. And ho hope you'll excuse me today. I'm doing a lot of reading today. But uh, I think this is important as we look at the Word of God. There are so many verses that have to do with idolatry. And I've left them out. But uh, a few that are uh, very applicable and important I want us to look at. Psalm 115 and uh, verse 1 through 8. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory 
for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he has pleased. I'm sorry, there's a lot of things that I'd like to comment on this, but I'm just going to be reading through this. But our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he has pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths that they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. So a person makes an idol. They're like that idol. Dumb, deaf, blind. They can't progress in life. Uh, that idol, and we generally think of an idol as a, a statue or a feature of some uh, representation of some person or something, but uh, there's more to idolatry than idols, and we'll explain that in just, uh, just a few moments here, but I want to go back to the New Testament in uh, 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, and verse 4, just read one verse there. As concerning thereof, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols. Now, the first message was talking about eating a little bit and the dietary laws, so we'll just leave that for now. But uh, continuing on, we know that an idol is nothing in the world but that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as many be gods, many, and lords, many. And so there's different kinds of representations of God, and uh, the world has uh, their ideas of uh, God, but uh, an idol is nothing. So is it better to worship or serve nothing or something? Something that is great and powerful and mighty. Which is better to serve? Now, what are some of the idols that we trust in? Today, uh, we look at objects. That is, religious art, ideas, or uh, things from different religions that are built or made with man's hands. Objects. We look at the cross, we worship it. We look at buildings, we look at statues, we look at different uh, things in the world. Now I'm talking about a lot of people, not necessarily us. But one of the things that is our God is our wealth, our possessions, money, silver, gold. Uh, we look at status, rank, I'm somebody great or I'm somebody important. And we forget God and we begin to exalt the self. Power, ideas, pleasure, imaginations, ability, the self, all these things that the self can do. 
and we exalt this, and we begin to make that idea a God because that consumes our attention, and then we begin to neglect the true God. Other persons who stand in the place or between us and God. That can be uh, religious leaders, political leaders, family members, ourselves. Uh, a lot of things that can enter into becoming a God rather than the true only one God. Uh, there's an interesting scripture in Zechariah. Let's go back there to Zechariah 11. And um, verse 17. Now, over the many years, I've uh, looked in the dictionary for many words. Sometimes I'll hear a word or read one or uh, hear uh, a word referenced, and I want to know in a little more details about that word. And I've been surprised to see in the dictionary, as I was looking up some things about idols and idolatry, a, a biblical reference. And I don't recall seeing this before in the Bible. Uh, in the dictionary, ha having a Bible reference, and it, rec it referenced Zechariah 11, verse 17. And uh, I want to read that. Uh, Zechariah, chapter 11, verse 17. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. Now, this is not an idol like uh, coasting or not uh, accomplishing anything, but an idol, a, a, a religious reference here to an idol that is something that we've been explaining that replaces God. And... Um, I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, here's a reference to the idle shepherd that leaves the flock. And we have to ask ourselves, what does that mean to us? Idle shepherd. Now a shepherd can be, in the world's eyes, could be someone who has authority over a group of people or over a nation, could be political or religious or whatever. But think of the shepherds that watch over the sheep. Now, let's ask ourselves, are they representing God or their own ideas or their own way? Let's just take, uh, for example, uh, without picking on him too much, the Pope of Rome. As he travels about and as he talks, listen to what he says and his actions and how he accepts the worship and the praise and the adulation of many people as they fondle him, kiss him, kiss his hand, kiss his foot, smother him with praises, and how he has set himself up over mankind. So we have to ask some honest questions here in uh, this verse here about 
who, and I don't give all of the answers today. It's uh, something for us to uh, uh, consider and to answer in more detail. I want to go back to Ezekiel, the 14th chapter. Ezekiel 14 and uh, verse, starting in verse 2 and 3 and uh, verse 6. Ezekiel 14. Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of at all by them? And uh, verse 3, uh, I read that, I guess. Uh, verse 6, Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Repent, and turn yourselves from your idols, and turn away your face from all your abominations. And that is God's call to everyone, is to repent. Everyone. Eventually, everyone is going to hear those words. Some now, some in the future, some during the millennium. Hopefully many, many will respond to that. Some in the time that we call the great white throne judgment, which uh, all of mankind, everyone who has left, will be resurrected and given an opportunity to hear and to know the truth. And they're going to be invited, and they're going to have to make a choice. They're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to repent? Am I going to worship the one true God only and forget all these other religions and all these other ways? Or am I going to try to keep my own God and my own ideas and my own religions? It's not going to happen. There's going to be one way, and mankind is going to hear those words, repent, that's be sorrowful for your neglecting of God's way, change, and accept the right, true way. In the New Testament, in, in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 5. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Those are pretty strong words. Nobody that is an idolater is going to be saved. That's how important and that's how critical it is for us to examine and ask ourselves as Christians, as believers, do I have any idols? Uh, what is it maybe that I put in place of God? That's something that all, every person in the world, every Israelite, every Jewish person, every Gentile, ultimately and in the future is going to have to ask themselves, who is my God? And I've, if they have put up other gods in place, they're going to have to repent. They're going to have to be sorry. They're going to have to change. They're going to have to accept the true God. Now, in um, Revelation, let's go to, uh, on 
to the end of the book of the last book of the New Testament to Revelation. Uh, 21st chapter, clear almost to the end. Well, we'll look in the last chapter also. But uh, Revelation 21, verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And in Revelation 22, let's go on to the next chapter. Verse 14 and 15, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers, that means they're outside, they're left out, they're not there. And what happens to those physical people? They die. They're, they're into utter blackness, into darkness. They don't exist anymore. They're without our dogs. Now that's a word for homosexuals, if uh, we understand the uh, correct Greek here. Uh, it's not an animal. It's a homosexual. So that ought to tell us right away what God Views. I know there's a lot of confusion in the world, and kids, kids are getting confused today when they go to school or go to uh, buildings or whatever, and they want to use the restroom. And they're really getting confused about going the boys or the girls or where's that third restroom or all gender and uh, women and uh, men and, uh, you know, it's terrible, brethren. God made a man and a woman and he made marriage and he brought the wife to the husband and he blessed them and told them to have children. God is a male and he marries the church which is likened as a female. And the world has got that all confused today. But um, going on... Um, for without our dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth, and maketh a lie. Very similar to what we read before. Those are very serious words. Do we believe them or not? Do we accept them or not? Now, I'm not going to go into Revelation 13 and Revelation 14 because it takes a, a lot of study and a lot of charts and a lot of explanation of the beast powers and idolatry and the worship of the dragon, worship of Satan, and how that is transferred into uh, the nations of the earth and how they're encouraged to make an image to that beast power and to worship it and to worship uh, the dragon that gives it power. I'm not going to go into that. I've done that before in past messages with charts and diagrams and things, and uh, so we're, we're familiar with all of that. But I want us to uh, just consider again as I close here today, 1 John 5, verse 21, to all of us. These are encouraging words after all of the positive rebuke and the correction, and even mixed in with encouragement, we have this, 
with is both a warning and a blessing. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Now, brethren, we are recommended to remember God and Jesus Christ and to remember to exalt them and not ourselves. Not any other thing, not any creature, not any creation thing, not anything else, but to have only the one true God and to worship him. And then we will be, if we carry through with the other commandments and his ways, we will be saved. Brethren, let's reject idolatry and keep the commandments of God and love him and his father, Jesus Christ, his son, and uh, we will be saved.